stepped out of his comfort zone, you know, uh, several times now, and he's, he's leading songs. And if there's any of the other men in the congregation who are brothers in Christ who would like to, to join him in, uh, in, in stepping up and getting out of our comfort zone, leading singing, uh, you know, presiding over the Lord's Supper, taking your hand in the pulpit. I'll take, a, I'll take a Sunday off. Just let us know, and we'll work with you. We'll help you out in any way that we can. If you look on the screen behind me, what does it say? Victory, Victory or defeat, right? Victory or defeat. What is the last part? I want everybody to say it out loud. It's really up to you. It's really up to you. Is that not the truest statement that we have? Victory or defeat. Victory in Christ Jesus, condemnation, defeat. It's really up to you. And so biblical faith brings victory, and that's why I asked uh, Patrick to sing that song just before my lesson here this morning. Because think about going all the way back in the Old Testament. We go all the way back to the time of Moses and Joshua. We know that Joshua did what? Joshua succeeded Moses as the new leader of Israel. And do you remember what God told him? God told Joshua, he says, Joshua, brother, I need you to be strong. Paraphrasing, obviously. He didn't say brother. He says, Joshua, I need you to be strong in the Lord, and I need you to be careful to do what? To do everything I commanded you. Is that a very similar command that we see in the New Testament? Is that a very similar command uh, that we have as Christians? Weren't we just talking about obedience this morning? Weren't we talking about the ability to submit and why it's so important that we submit and that we, that, we're hum that we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and that we have to do all that God calls us to do? Brethren, we need to understand that we as God's people cannot enjoy the victory if we don't believe and do as God would instruct us. And so I, I need us to understand that when you look at that slide behind me, that is the truth. Victory or defeat. It really depends on you. All of us are going to stand before God in judgment, and that judgment is based on your life. You get to decide. You get to decide whether you've been a faithful member of the Lord's church who do all to his glory and, and to, for the glory of the kingdom and the furtherance of the kingdom, or you get to decide if you'd rather live for more of a worldly life and kind of and get all you could get now because that's all you're going to get. And so you really do get to decide. I want us to think about faith here this morning because faith means obedience. We cannot say that we're truly, that we truly believe if we refuse to obey. Amen. When you also think of faith, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead because it's the devil's faith. Because James tells us to show us your faith without your works, I'll show you my faith by my works. The Apostle John here in 1 John in chapter 5, uh, we're going to look at that here this morning. If you want to open up your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 through 5, we'll look at it. I'll have it on the screen, but I know some of you like to look at it in your Bibles as well if you want to make notes. Understand, brethren, that faith trusts in God's promises. How often do I always talk about biblical faith, belief, trust, and obedience, submission? Faith obeys God's commands. But when you think about faith obeying God's commands, is it exactly or is it partially? Is it immediately, or is it when I get around to it? Faith obeys God's <laughs> commands. When? Exactly, immediately, and with great delight. Doesn't the Bible say that I pray that, uh, that uh, the, the, the commands of the Lord are not burdensome on our very lives? And yet, you get to decide if the Lord's commands are burdensome in your lives. And why do we get that option to decide? Because the Lord, he wants a free will offering. He wants us to freely give ourselves over to him. And so what's the point that I'm trying to make here? People with that kind of faith will experience the victory. 
People that don't have that type of victory or that type of faith will not experience the victory. It's not hard to understand. It's a very simple concept. Because we need to understand, brethren, that as God's people, that we have been delivered from the bondage of sin, and we understand that we have victory because we're triumphant in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, as God's people, we need to understand that if we're going to live a defeated life, then we need to make sure that if, 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 our, if we're living a defeated life, that we need to hear the word of God. We need to study it out. We need to examine it. We need to figure out, is it true? Is it really the word of God? Is it really God? Is the Bible really God-inspired? Uh, hey, was Jesus really a real person of history? Did Jesus really fulfill all these prophecies? Did all these miracles really actually happen? These are things that we need to investigate and investigate them thoroughly because that is only how you're going to have a faith that attains the victory because you've been willing to invest your time and energy to understanding the word of God to understanding Christian apologetics, to understanding that the things that are written in the New Testament are historically accurate. And many of our world historians will agree that the Bible is historically accurate. And so when we look at this word here this morning, if you, uh, live, if you are living a defeated life right now, then you need to make sure that you begin to believe based on your uh, research, based on your study. You have to then obey the word of God, and then you shall be delivered. You shall have victory. You shall be triumphant in Christ Jesus. What does it say on the screen behind me? Victory or defeat. It really depends on you. That is the truest statement that we can make here this morning. At this time, brethren, do we have warfare in the world? Are there many different places in the world where there's, uh, where there's uh, just uh, all kinds of just uh, animosity, hate, war that is taking place? We talked about Ukraine, but it's not just in Ukraine. There's lots of other things that never make the headline news that are happening around the world. There's Christian persecution that's happening around the world all over the place. And we need to understand that in the midst of war, in the midst of worldwide pandemics, in the, in the midst of many various forms of worldliness, meaning sin, that we never forget that God will be with us. He will guide us. He will strengthen us if we yoke ourselves to Christ. If we are willing to remain true to the covenant relationship that we freely entered into. Who here this morning is a Christian? Raise your hand. Did you freely enter into that covenant relationship? If you freely entered into that covenant relationship, then the victory or the defeat is really up to you. And I keep saying that because it's such a true statement. We look at this information here this morning. Brethren, that's why we sing the hymn that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. It is our faith, not a watered-down definition of what many people claim as faith. Many people just think a verbal affirmation is really all that God expects of me. Does God expect more from his people than a verbal affirmation? Right? Absolutely. There's so many people who take John 3.16 completely out of context, not, realize, not realizing that the conversation Jesus had with Nicodemus, that was part of the entirety of the conversation. And so Jesus was just expanding upon the new birth. He was expanding upon uh, all that he was trying to teach Nicodemus. He told Nicodemus, how will you believe, if, how can you believe if I tell you earthly things and you don't believe? How will you ever believe if I tell you spiritual things? You see, brethren, we need to understand that when we study the scriptures out, we could have victory. 
But that victory is not just a verbal affirmation that there is a Christ or that I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. John 42, John chapter 12 and verse 41, 42 says many of the Jews believed, but they were not confessing him as Christ. Why? Because they feared man more than they feared God. I ask you this morning, do you fear man more than you fear God? Are you embarrassed to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or are you willing to do all that the Bible requires of you and not bow down to society, not bow down to culture who would like to, to mold us into something that God doesn't desire of us, that God doesn't desire us to be? Or are you willing to take a stand and stand up and speak out? Speak out what? The truth. To teach people the gospel. To teach people the word of God that has the opportunity to save their souls. Brethren, belief, trust, and obedience is biblical faith, and they have to be working in harmony together. If you look on the screen behind me, and if you also look in your Bibles that I asked you to turn to, for those of you who like to follow along in your Bible, I want us to look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 through 5 this morning. It says this, starting in verse 1, chapter 5. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is what? Born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and we what? Observe that we keep his commandments. And for this is the love of God that his commandments are what? Uh, that his commandments are not burdensome. In verse 4 it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, brethren, our faith. And we're going to look at verse 4 of, uh, of this chapter multiple times throughout this sermon. We're going to look at it from various aspects. But in verse 5 it says, Who is the one who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Remember, it's not just a verbal affirmation. Belief is more than just saying, I believe. But then I go on doing everything contrary to the Word of God. Belief has to be working and uh, uh, coinciding with trust. Trusting God, trusting his promises, and living a life in submission, meaning that you're obedient to all that God would call of you. I mentioned in Bible study this morning in John chapter 12, how even Jesus himself said, I was given commands by the Father, and I did exactly as he has commanded me. I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. That's the crucifixion. But you got one that judges you. We talked about this this morning. It's the word. So why do I have to live a life in submission to God and to his word? Because that is how we attain the victory. That is the victory that overcomes the world. It is our faith. And so, brethren, when we look at this here this morning, this section of scripture, it makes it crystal clear that real biblical faith is belief, it's trust, it's obedience. If you wish to have the victory that overcomes the world, brethren, then you must be willing to allow yourself uh, and allow the Bible to define what that victory looks like. We don't get to just say that, well, in order to attain salvation, I believe, I think, that I get to do X, Y, Z. The Bible never says, what do you think, Dave? It never asks me for my opinion. It gives me instruction, and I either follow it or I don't follow it. So once again, victory or defeat, it's what? It's really up to you. And you know, I know the concept seems simple here this morning. But why is it that it's not all that simple? Because we have so many people who hear the word of God and yet continue to fall away from the word of God. Why is it that people who grow up in the church eventually leave the church and go back in and live worldly lives? 
And the second state of that individual becomes worse than the first, just like 2 Peter 2 and 20 through 22 talks about. And so, brothers and sisters, we look at this information here this morning, and I want you to listen to this little illustration. There was a man, uh, there was a story told of, of, of a Christian who was dying. And when this Christian man was dying, he shouted aloud with praises of God. But he was in hospice care, he was, in his, he was on his deathbed, and his friends told him, he says, Brother, stop exerting yourself, just whisper. To which he replied, he said, let the angels whisper. He says, my soul has been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and my soul has been redeemed from death and hell. And he says, brothers, I stand on the threshold, I stand, I stand on the precipice of eternal glory. Oh, if I had a voice that would reach from the South Pole to the North Pole, I would proclaim the victory. I would scream it from the top of my lungs that I have victory in Jesus Christ. I have victory in the blood of the Lamb. What was his point? He knew that his time was up. He knew that he stood on the precipice of history, of eternal history, uh, an eternal existence, that he's going to receive his crown of life that he's going to proclaim the victory that overcame the world, and that is, that is his faith. And so we think about that illustration here this morning. And we need to spend some time as we examine 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. Because when you look at this verse, there's really multiple aspects of this verse, and you can really do a whole Bible study just on the one verse alone. And as we break this down here this morning, I want you to notice one word in particular, and that word is overcome. What does the word overcome mean? What is the definition of it? The definition of the word overcome is to, to conquer, to prevail, to triumph, thus overcome. Did you know that word is used 28 various times in 24 different passages in the New Testament? Overcome is used 28 times in 24 different passages. Do you think the Bible was trying to tell us something? Do you think the Holy Spirit was trying to tell us, let us in on a little bit of a secret, that we overcome despite the presence of war in the world. Those brothers and sisters in Christ that are, that are fleeing and that are fighting for their very existence, fighting for their very lives in Ukraine right now, will overcome and will attain the victory no matter what the outcome is of the physical war. No matter what that outcome is. Why? Because they have something that overcomes war. They have something that overcomes the world. And that is their faith. And so we overcome, brethren, and we attain the victory even over war, in the presence of war. We overcome and we, uh, and we carry on despite social unrest. We overcome despite worldwide pandemics and worldwide immorality that is rampant throughout society. The word overcomes that we, uh, we, it, we, the word overcome implies that we overcome a barrier. There's barriers to our faith. And so what exactly is the obstacles that, that we must overcome? Well, it's pretty simple. Three times in our text in John, uh, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1 through 5, in three different times it says that the world is what we have to overcome. And so Satan, the God of this world, we need to overcome Satan and the God of this world and his plans by turning to God. If we resist the devil, he will flee from us, it tells us in the book of James. It refers to sin. It refers to suffering. It refers to pain. Those are obstacles that are in our way that if we uh, linger on them too long, if we focus on them too long, that it can begin to water down our faith. It, begin to, it can begin to hurt our faith. And we also understand that all opposition to God is also something that we have to overcome. 
And so the word overcome implies an obstacle or a barrier, and thus we overcome. So brothers and sisters, we look at this lesson here this morning, and the world tries to do what? The world tries to distort our faith. It tries to distort the truth. It tries to distort uh, morality and what morality is. They try to tell us all the time that there are no such thing as moral absolutes, and yet I read the Word of God and I find the very exact thing they try to deny, moral absolutes. And so there is either moral absolutes or there isn't. It's either the Word of God or it's not. And so you get to choose. Are you going to be all in? Are you going to believe, trust, and obey, and submit as what biblical faith is, and you can have the victory, or are you choose to only going to accept uh, a handful of passages? Are you only going to accept some of the concepts? Because if you do that, then you will receive defeat. But that's the choice that you make. Do you understand how we have a choice? That God wants us to make a free will offering unto him by giving our lives as a holy, and as a holy sacrifice unto him. The world, brothers and sisters, tries to overcome our faith because it wants to press us into a mold. It wants to press us into a pattern that looks like the world, that acts like the world, that talks like the world. And yet, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, that which is acceptable, that which is perfect. Brothers and sisters, the worldly people strive to get us to forget who we are. The world is constantly trying to get us to forget whose we are. Do you understand the concept of who we are and whose we are? You see, because we belong to Jesus Christ. We no longer live for our own selfish desires. We live for God. We live for the, the kingdom. We live, we live for the body of Christ. And we live for the furtherance of that kingdom. Brothers and sisters, in the world, we are surrounded by problems daily, are we not? Are we not surrounded by worldliness and problems and sin and selfishness and greed and arrogance? And yet the world is trying to get us to turn away from God, and they're trying to mold us into something that would be contradictory to the will of God. And so we must not become discouraged. Why, you may ask? Because if we go back to faith as the victory, then all individuals who are born of God must look towards the promise. In the presence of war, in the presence of social unrest, uh, social unrest in, the pre in, the, in the presence of various uh, forms of peer pressure and temptation, we must overcome those obstacles by remaining true to God, by, by submitting to the will of God and doing all that he requires of us. We find ourselves, brethren, not in physical warfare, but we find ourselves in a spiritual warfare. But whether uh, we obtain the victory or not, or whether we obtain it or not, the victory is truly up to us. If we understand what are the circumstances, if we understand what we're fighting for, if we understand what our ultimate goal is, and so as we look at this information here this morning, there are going to be times, brethren, that we are beaten down by life. There are going to be times when we're discouraged. There are going to be times when we feel more like the conquered than the conquerors. Amen? Has anybody ever had times like that in life when you feel more like the conquered and not the conqueror? And every single one of us have had those experiences. And yet... If we have a biblical faith, it will sustain you. Why? Because you trust in God's promises. 
You trust in all that Jesus Christ had, had come and that he had done by giving his life, by offering himself as a free will sacrifice, by offering himself up for the sins of the world. If we, if we have a, a, a biblical faith, it will, it will sustain us in the midst of temptation. I want you to think of another illustration that I found. Another illustration is about a painter. This painter goes on and he paints this painting. It's about the devil, and this devil's playing a game of chess with a man who he entered into an agreement with, and that if the devil wins, uh, he takes his soul. And so the, the scene shows the devil and this, and this young man playing a game of chess, and he, eternity is at stake. His soul is at stake. And so this man in, 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 is playing the devil, and this painter's capturing this, uh, this, uh, this painting. And when there was a, uh, an, an individual who came across, a, a world-renowned uh, chess player, and in this painting, the painting depicts that uh, Satan had cornered a man into what he thought was a, a checkmate, what he thought was going to be a loss. And yet this world-renowned chess player comes up across this painting, and he stood there and he examined the board for a while. He takes out his smartphone, he takes a picture of it, he goes home, and he sets up the chessboard exactly as it was in the painting. And after studying it for, uh, for quite a while, he realized after much thought that he, he saw that he wasn't, the man wasn't defeated and that there was one move that he could make in order to obtain the victory. And by making just one certain move on that young man's behalf, the devil was placed in a position of utter defeat. So what is the point of that painting? What is the point of that illustration? There are times when it may seem that we are defeated. But remember that those who put their trust and those who put their obedience in Christ Jesus will have the complete victory. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 says, If God is for us, who can be against us? There is one move that you can make in this world. There is one move that you can make in this life. And that is, that is making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. That is making Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. And if he's your Lord and your Master and your Savior, then you have to submit to all that he calls you to do. And if you're willing to make that submission, if you're willing to do all he calls you to do, then you can obtain the victory. But at the end of the day, it's really up to you, just like it said on the slide in the beginning. And so, brethren, Winston Churchill once said, Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of terror. Victory, however long and hard the road may be, with, for without victory there will be no survival. Could you then turn that over on a spiritual head? Could you then look at that same statement in a spiritual sense and then utter those same very words? Brethren, there, this is also true when it comes to spiritual matters. Victory brings eternal life. Death brings eternal condemnation. Is eternity going to be a long time? We get so focused in on our, our worldly things. We get so focused in on the 30, 60, 70, 80, maybe 100 years that we're going to get. And we forget there's an eternity that awaits us. That, how many times do we forget that we're immortal beings? If you ever watch any of those sci-fi shows and the vampire shows and all those, I like some of that kind of stuff. And they talk about these immortal, right, they're immortal beings that cannot die, right? And yet, when we think about immortality, do you not realize that you have immortality? You are an immortal being. You don't die. You just transition from one state to another. And you're going to either exist in an eternal condemnation, or you're going to exist in what? In an eternal paradise. You're going to receive the victory. 
Each and every one of us here today are eternal. We're immortal beings. And that when we shed the flesh of our bodies, we go back to the Father as what? As the Spirit. The Spirit returns back unto the Father for that day of judgment. Brethren, as we look at this, just like the, long, just like the song says, I am not concerned about the way that it's all going to end because I've read the back of the book. I've read the back of the book, and we obtain the victory. But we only obtain that victory if we remain faithful and true unto the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's look at another aspect of 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. It is our faith. John tells us uh, to remember the requirements. Another illustration. During a, a, a successful revival many years ago, there was a, a revival that was taking place. And we don't really have revivals anymore, but these are things that happened back in the old days, in the 50s, the 60s, and probably 70s. And this man is at this revival, and it was successful because his soul was saved at this revival. And, he, and this man was known to be a notorious drunk. And so he gave his life to Christ that day at that revival, and he strove to live a sober and respectable life. And the story tells of this man that uh, every day he would walk by the bar in which uh, many years held him in bondage. And one day the owner sees him walking by and he was upset because he lost such a good customer. And the owner wanted his customer back. He wanted John back. And so the owner calls out to him. He says, John, what is wrong? Why do you just keep on walking by? Why don't you just come on in? Let me pour you a drink. This one's on the house, John. But John paused for a minute, and he said, for, he, he paused for a moment, and then he replied. He says, oh, Charlie, we couldn't do that. We couldn't do that. I think we had better just keep on walking. Yes, sir, I think we had better just keep on going. And the owner, the bar owner, looked at him confused. He says, what is all this we talk? What are you talking about, we? He said, you're by yourself. And he says, to which John replied, for years I have been trying to have the strength to walk on by this place, and I never could on my own. But now I am a Christian, and I, I no longer walk alone. I no longer walk alone, for I, he said, I have yoked myself to Christ. And although you may not see him, the Holy Spirit of God resides within me. And he gives me strength if I will call upon that strength. He gives me courage when I am weak. And he gives, me, he gives me the courage when I am afraid. He gives me the ability to stand up and to speak out with courage and conviction. You see, brothers and sisters... Whatever struggles that we have in this life, we are not strong enough if we just go it alone. How many of us, if we just depend on our own ability, uh, fall, to the, fall in the face of fear and temptation? How many of us give up and give in in the face of temptation and peer pressure? How many of us will not kick the habit or the addiction because we try to walk alone? And yet this man says in this illustration that I no longer walk alone. I walk with Jesus Christ and he is by my side and he will give me the victory because he has promised to be with me all the days of my life. Romans chapter 3 tells us that there is none righteous, not even one. And in the book of Romans in chapter 7 and verse 24, we know that the apostle Paul, as great of a man that he was and God, he struggled like all of us struggle. And we read about that struggle in Romans chapter 7. He said, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? 
And I wonder how many times we really understand about what he means there in Romans 7 and 24. What is this body of death that he is talking about? <coughs> Did you know that one of the uh, concepts or one of the practices of, of, of older, uh, back in that day, uh, conquerors, conquerors would come in, they would conquer another nation, and they didn't have ready-made jails and ways to secure people. So you know what they did? They took the dead bodies of individuals and they tied them to the backs of those that they didn't want to escape. And so the prisoners had this dead body tied to them, which was a gruesome uh, reminder of the burden that they had to carry, but it also it, it, it made them so they could not escape. And so many commentators believe that the Apostle Paul may have had that in mind, and therefore, Romans 24 should read like this. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this dead body? The body of death. You see, brothers and sisters, just a few verses later in Romans chapter 8, and verse 1, the Apostle Paul says to the people of Rome, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but who walk according to the spirits. So what is the point, brethren? There is a remedy to the obstacles that we face. There is a remedy to the obstacles that we find in the world. And the author of the book of Hebrews in chapter 7 and verse 25 tells us, Therefore Jesus is able to also save completely those who draw near to God through him. Do you understand that? Jesus is able to save completely those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to intercede for his creation. The illustration about the man who, who had suffered from alcoholism and suffered from addiction for many years, and he talks to, and, and he and he, he rebukes this bar owner and says that no, I think we better just keep on going. I think we just better mosey on past. Why? Because he knew that Jesus Christ was his new Lord and Savior. He no longer lived for his own fleshly desires. He lived for Jesus and for the furtherance of the kingdom. And he knew that with Christ on his side, that nobody could deter him. He knew that with God on his side, that nobody could detract him from what he really wanted. Salvation in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, Jesus tells us in the gospel that no one comes unto the Father except through who? No one comes unto the Father except through me, Jesus Christ. There are many Bible passages that make that concept very crystal clear. That the real victory that all people attain is in Christ Jesus. And in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15 and verse 57, it tells us in the scriptures, But thanks be to God who gives the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It makes me think of a quote from General Eisenhower. General Dwight Eisenhower once said that there are no victories at discounted prices. What do you think he meant that there are no victories at discounted prices? That your faith in that victory is not going to be easy. There are going to be obstacles. There are going to be things that are going to get in your way. But if you remain true unto God, if you remain faithful, you yoke yourself to God and you give yourself over in submission to him and his covenant and his word, that you will obtain the victory. He guarantees it. Verse John chapter, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, chapter 5 and I think around verse 17 says we don't have to hope for salvation. We can know that we are saved. You don't have to hope for salvation. You can know. He says, I'm writing these things so you can know that you are saved. Brothers and sisters, Jesus paid the ultimate price and we, so that we might have the victory. Note again in what 1 John 5 and 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And we should not, uh, we, we need to make sure that we note the emphasis here. The text does not say that he overcomes 
but rather what is born of God. What is the point there? He that overcomes, but rather whatever is born of God. One commentator stated it this way. Overcoming here is not personalized on purpose. He, want us, he wants us to understand that it's, not, it's never that man overcomes, but that his birth from God is what that overcomes the world. In and of myself, I will obtain no salvation. It is only because of God. It is only because of the sacrifice. It is only because of the blood of the pure blood of the Lamb that I have the opportunity to obtain the victory. It is not man who overcomes. It is Christ who overcomes. It is the Holy Spirit that dwells within us that gives all true Christians the strength to overcome the obstacles that, that the Satan and the world will put in our path. An individual in the world cannot live a good moral life but because that is not the victory. Just being a good person is not going to give you the victory. If you do not conf uh, come to Jesus, if you do not confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you are not baptized into Christ and seek to live a faithful life, you're going to lose in the end. That's not my opinion. It's not how I feel. It's not my preference. But it's what the book says. It's what the Lord teaches. And lastly, 1 John 5 and 4, you look at this one last time. It also affirms the plan. I told you this one verse could really pick up a whole Bible study. So now we look at the plan that is in place for whatever is born of the world, over, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. It is our faith. What will overcome the world? Our faith. Faith, is, faith in Jesus Christ is the very center of the very new birth that Jesus was trying to teach Nicodemus. The world and the word faith has to be, the word faith in the world has become so watered down that people now think it's just a, it's merely a mental concept. It's merely a verbal affirmation. It's a mental acceptance of, of who they want Jesus to be. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, my God, I know what the scriptures teach, but my God, all of a sudden they've done what? They've divorced God from reality. They've now taken uh, the word of God and they've confused it in their minds because they've, been so bought, they've so bought into so many of the man-made teachings that they, know, they no longer recognize truth from error. And so you think about that saying that it's easier to believe a lie you've heard a thousand times than it is to believe the truth you've only heard once. Brethren, the, the faith of which John speaks of is a faith that is obedient to God. And so as I get ready to shut this lesson down, who is born of God is the question we need to ask ourselves. All individuals who believe, love, and keep his commandments. And oh, that's right, baptism is one of those commandments. And as I shut this lesson down, brethren, the closing question that we all need to ask ourselves is, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? This is part of the invitation. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the, is the Son of God and your answer is yes to that question, then why not act upon it right now? Why wait any longer? If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you can be baptized right now. You can obey the gospel today and you can have your sins washed away. You can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and God himself will add you to the kingdom. But maybe you're here this morning and you're just hurting. You're a brother, you're a sister in Christ, and you're suffering right now. And you see, uh, and you feel the suffering, and you don't feel like there's a way out. And you're searching for help. You're searching for, for somebody, something to help you. You could come forward this morning, and we here as a family at Lincoln Park will help you, we'll pray for you, we'll guide you, we'll do all that we can for you. Why? Because we're a family. 
here at Lincoln Park. And so if that is you today, if that is your desire, come forward as Patrick sings the song of invitation.